Now, Singapore Today with Lance Alexander and Daniel Martin. We have heard about how Zika is back. Maybe it never left, actually. Boonle Place is being closely monitored for potential Zika transmission after testing found persistent virus signals in the area and surveillance been stepped up after one Zika case was reported in December. Well, while there have been no more Zika cases reported in this area since then, enhanced surveillance involving mosquito and wastewater testing has revealed persistent Zika virus signals in the area, which does suggest ongoing Zika transmission. And the Health Ministry has advised residents in and around the Boon Lay Place area, especially pregnant women, to protect themselves and monitor their health closely. OK, there's no currently active Zika cluster as of yesterday, but we want to get a firmer grasp and understanding of the situation on Zika. We're joined by Dr. Chan Kwanrong. Uh, Dr. Chan's a senior principal research scientist, Emerging Infectious Diseases Research Program out of the Duke NUS Medical School. Dr. Chan, welcome aboard. Remind us all about the nature of the Zika virus. And has it been here all along? It never really went away, did it? Thanks, Daniel and Justin for inviting. Um, Yes, you're right. Um, so Zika is actually uh what we call a uh, part of the flavivirus family. Uh, we shares uh, a lot of similar properties uh, with dengue virus as well. So there are lots of explanation why uh, Zika has emerged. Um, but I think um one la- uh, large possibility um is that um Zika virus has always been circulating and probably at very low and uh, probably sustainable levels as well. So what happens here is that um, this because Z- most of the Zika infections do not result in a symptom uh, outcome. Um, so that means uh, most infected individuals uh, don't actually present with symptoms or very mild symptoms. So in a lot of cases, um, these are actually underreported or underestimated. Because mm, they so, don't realize. Yes. So um, with this... Um, um, change in climate uh, towards the hotter climates as well as the increase of humidity. Um, then you as, we expect a more uh, mosquito activity and transmission. So um, this could be one explanation why um, we uh, start to see uh, some uh, oh. Zika cases. Uh, Wait, just to clarify, is, is it the same Aedes aegypti mosquito, same as dengue? Um, yes. So um, both uh, Aedes aegypti and uh, Aedes albopictus uh, can transmit uh, the virus. So, can so we, they are the same vectors. So yeah. can we assume, therefore, that if there's a rise in dengue, there will also be a concurrent rise in Zika? Usually the case, yeah. Uh, but of course, there's also a possibility that uh, some of these epidemics could be because of the uh, virus uh, sequences and strains. And some strains could be more pathogenic than others. But generally, that's the case because... Uh, the primary vectors are actually the uh, Aedes aegypti. But how, Aedes can, how can you then tell the difference between dengue and Zika? Um, good question. So in terms of uh, clinical manifestations, they are really very similar. So they present uh, symptoms such as rashes, headaches, um, muscular or, and joint pain. So in terms of uh, clinical manifestation, it's really hard to um, discriminate uh, between uh, Zika and uh, dengue. Other than... Some reports are suggesting that um, Zika infections does cause uh, more of the uh, conjunctivitis, which means uh, the inflammation of the eye. So Zika uh, infected individuals who have symptoms uh, may have uh, this, what we call the red eye uh, symptom. So this uh, could be something to look out for that is uh, slightly different from uh, dengue. Okay. But if you said earlier on that, you know, a lot of people might be asymptomatic, so to Mm. speak. Why are we worried and concerned about Zika? 
I mean, how harmful can it be? How can it impact an individual? The uh, real danger um, that uh, has already uh, been shown is uh, during the um, pandemic, which happened in Brazil in uh, 2015 to 2016, where pregnant women, especially at the first trimester or before the first uh, trimester, uh, who have been infected, um, they have an increased risk of birth defects as well as uh, born with children uh, with increased risk of uh, microcephaly. So, so this is the risk, um, and a lot of scientists uh, still don't really know uh, what is the reason uh, that's causing this pandemic that comes and go uh, really quickly. So that's why we still have to be quite cautious about uh, Zika in that sense, because we don't know enough, um, and it just comes and go uh, really quickly, at least in Brazil. So especially for pregnant women, I think uh, Zika is uh, something to uh, take note of. Yeah. So, so help us understand the seriousness of the current situation that we're seeing in Boonlay Place. Uh, we know it's being closely monitored after testing found persistent virus signals in the area and that there's been surveillance there ever since there was one reported case in 2023. What does that mean about this area, persistent virus signals? Because uh, most of the Zika virus infections is asymptomatic and that a lot of uh, these uh, kind of infections actually go undetected, it's very possible that Zika virus has always been around us and circulating um, at very low rates and also uh, probably at sustainable levels. Uh, so that's why it's, uh, it's endemic within the country. It is possible that uh, there are some individuals uh, who would respond uh, more to the virus than others. So that's where we can then, and if these individuals actually uh, choose to do the Zika testing, uh, that's where the surveillance will pick it up. So in my opinion, I, I don't think that Zika has ever left us. It just has been around uh, circulating uh, even within Singapore. But as of now, we we take, we haven't seen any uh, severe um, cases uh, that are associated with uh, Zika infections. Okay. So when should we get tested for Zika then? I mean, and, and should we, uh, you know, even though we're not sort of experiencing any symptoms? And also, doctor, what does it involve? Just a, a blood test or? Um, so for most individuals, um, so because the infection is actually usually self-limiting, so usually lasting about two to seven days, um, so most individuals uh, will just, go to the nearby clinic uh, to get medication to relieve the symptoms. In most cases, um, these individuals don't, don't really go and do a Zika test because it's not obligatory to do it, although it's useful in terms of a vector control and surveillance. But I think if um, you are belonging to, um, say, the pregnant women, especially at the early trimester, as well as a uh, of families uh, who are thinking of um, you know having children, then this uh, kind of at risk group uh, might you might want to uh, take more attention to and uh, consider um, doing uh, the Zika test. Yeah. Okay, so this is something you can just rock on up to your regular doctor and 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 do right. It doesn't require any kind of specialty or anything like that. It can pop into your doctors. Um. Yes, but you 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 have to pay for uh, at a subsidized rate. Um, so, and choose to take the test. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So let's talk about the numbers. Uh, we've got three. The cumulative number of Zika mm. cases for 2024 is three as of Thursday, 8th of February. We talked a lot about transmission rate and, and how fast something can spread. Mm. 
How does this three look in the grand scheme of things? How quickly could this spread? Yeah, so because of the nature of Zika virus, it's very hard to estimate the transmission risk. And also that uh, Zika virus can also be transmitted sexually. So there's also another component that uh, we need to um, uh, take note of as well. Um, so in terms of the transmission rate, I think it's not so easy to estimate because uh, most of the infections don't, don't really have um, manifest as a very uh, serious uh, symptomatic outcome as compared to, um, say, dengue. But I think the increased numbers uh, could also be that uh, we are also putting more efforts into surveillance especially in the district. So now, now we may be actually picking up more of these uh, cases, um, but uh, especially because so that uh, we are actively looking for them. Yeah. Mm. So then what happens when you do test positive for Zika, doctor? Um, so usually for if you're not pregnant, um, um, usually that's not a major concern. You just have to have a medication and and you would uh, recover from it um, because it's uh, just uh, very self-limiting. Uh, but let's say if uh, you are belonging to the at-risk group, uh, which is the pregnant women who are at the, especially at the early trimester stage, um, then I would actually suggest uh, to go to a specialist, uh, one, to get tested, and also secondly, um, to uh, consider... Um, looking for a specialist so that uh, they will more closely monitor um, the fetus uh, and also your own health. Yeah. Got it. Sounds good. Okay, so prevention, prevention, prevention is what we want to talk about because there are some precautions that individuals residing in or working around the Bunde area should be taking to prevent an infection. What is your advice on that, Doc? If let's say you are thinking of um you know family planning and stuff, then you might want to be a little bit cautious. So if you suspect that uh you have been exposed to Zika, um then then my general rep- uh recommendation is um to uh minimize sexual intercourse and also practice uh safe sex um so that um you minimize the risk of uh, Zika transmission um so that you don't pass uh, from one person to the other. But for the general community who are not at the at-risk group, usually you don't have you don't have to take extra precautions uh, to really uh, manage the disease because uh, most of the infections are actually uh, pretty mild. Got it. Doc, thank you so much. We're going to keep thank those you. precautions up. And of course, make sure that if you're a pregnant woman in that area, you're extra vigilant and cautious as well. Dr. Chan Kwan Rong joining us on today's edition, who is Senior Principal Research Scientist, Emerging Infectious Disease Research Program at the Duke NUS Medical School. This has been a Singapore Today Top Story.